Welcome to the Lost Boys to Found Fathers podcast. I'm Will Haycox, and joining me is my co-host, Gabe O'Sullivan. We're men who've suffered the loss of a child, and through this production, we desire to offer encouragement, strength, and hope to our fellow brothers who've traveled the same journey. Morning, Gabe. Good morning, sir. So we are going to be talking today about kind of the second half of the name of this podcast, which is Found Fathers. We're going to be throwing around some hopefully great wisdom and advice, not from us, but from God's Word, about how to be uh, great fathers. Mm-hmm. You know, certainly the main platform here, we're talking about uh, child loss a lot. And um, what that usually indicates is that, you know, someone has obviously had an unfortunate incident like us where we um, may have lost a child or children. But usually coming out of that, uh, most families try again mm-hmm. and are successful, have successful pregnancies. And uh, so we want to. Uh, anticipate that and also use this this platform to encourage guys how to be great dads and to do that from a biblical perspective and so we're going to take a little bit of time and do that today mm-hmm. um if i ask you to repeat yourself any today it's because i can't hear mm. much of anything me and some dudes went shooting last weekend yeah. and uh AR-15s underneath a metal shed. Um, Great idea. Did It was not very good. I got about three shots in, and uh, all of a sudden everything went, like, away, mm. <laughs> sound-wise. Yeah. Like and, in the uh, movies, yeah, when a bomb goes off. Yeah, dude, and that's still like that. Like, I feel like I have, I tell my wife all week, I'm like, she's getting a little frustrated with me because mm. I can't hear. And I'm like, Gabe, come here. Yeah, uh, yeah. Gabe, come here. Yeah, it's that. Oh, sorry, honey. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not ignoring her. I just literally, <laughs> like, it feels like I have two solo mm. cups, like, mm. on my ears. Nice. And uh, I feel like I talk with um, um, some some speech challenges, and I feel like everybody <laughs> around me also has those same uh, speech difficulties right mm. now. So I'm not sure if that's ever going to come back or not. Cool. But anyway. So the moral of the story is ear protection. Yeah, I, wore, like I had it. in. I had plugs in, but dude, they didn't. Next time, I'm going like plugs, plugs and, and the earmuffs. yeah, and yeah, the, the ones that like cut out when it, there's too much noise. Yeah, yes, yeah, those things are nice. That is that's what I'm gonna do. So anyway, I apologize ahead yeah. of time. If, Sounds uh, good. If I ask you, yeah, what I'll uh, what? Yeah, <laughs> I'll uh, yeah, I'll give a little more context to, and then we'll jump into this. Like you said, you know, we uh, we covered a lot of the child loss uh, topics, and you know, some things about. You know, suffering and hope in the Lord and, you know, how to comfort your wife and be comforted and all that. And we never want to move on from that. But, you know, we were talking before we started recording here, you know, it's biblical to grow. It's biblical, you know, the Bible says, you know, don't stay on the milk of the word. And, you know, like a baby needs milk. But when you grow up, you become a young man, you become a man, you know, you need the good food, you need the meat. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're not abandoning where we started. We're going to continue to talk about that and tie things back to child loss. But uh, like Gabe said, we recognize that a lot of you guys out there already had a child when you experienced child loss or, you know, you have, you and your wife have had child since then you've adopted you know whatever but um, you're you are a father and you know whether whether you have a child that's living here or not you are a father and we want to encourage you in that and you know maybe give you some wisdom that we also need both of us are certainly not perfect fathers but uh, yeah we want to just give you some encouragement and hope 
through the word of the Lord. So, Gabe, you want to start us off there? Yeah, man. So, and and kind of where this, uh, some of the verses we're going to be talking about today, some of the topics, honestly, it's just been coming from my personal home life, Mm -hmm. right, of God just really being on me, I think, recently of like, hey, you need to be, you personally need to be more gracious, um, loving, gentle, um, kind, like quit trying to be like your kid's coach all the time and be uh, more gentle with them. And uh, so I want to be that way, right? I don't I don't want to always, you know, be like telling them to do wind sprints, uh, figuratively speaking here, right? Like Figuratively speaking. Figure, <laughs> dude, if I told them to win, be like, whatever, Dad. Hey, what's a wind sprint? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> B, what are you talking about? That's, that's the way that conversation I know goes. where Gabe lives. I'm going to drive by and see if his kids are in the backyard <laughs> doing wind sprints every time they get in trouble here. Yeah. Dude, I guarantee that's not happening. Um, We do have a little spot, though. Mm -hmm. The driveway's kind of long. It would be pretty good. So Mm -hmm. this is totally an aside, and I'm sorry. (laughs) This is kind of where my mind works. When I was growing up, like from seventh seventh grade, my parents moved kind of out in the country Mm -hmm. a little bit, and Mm -hmm. we had a really long driveway. And um, uh, it was gravel for the most part, but eventually Dad got it paved. Mm -hmm. And... um, the driveway itself was probably a quarter mile long or, or, or longer. Mm-hmm. And um, I would uh, I'd be out there in, in the driveway, man, doing my wind sprints because I got one Christmas, I got some strength shoes. Mm-hmm. And uh, strength shoes uh, had to have a space, you know, to do them. Mm-hmm. You had this full workout that you had to do. And so I'd be out there in mm-hmm. the driveway, man, doing my wind sprints. So I've been there, kids. Pass on that tradition. That's man. right. I've been there. <laughs> Suck it up. Like, my driveway was longer than ours. You mm-hmm. know, so. Um, so yeah, I'm going to jump right in. First Thessalonians 2, 11 through 12 was a really, um, cool verse that I had read. Actually, I read it almost every day. I've got, um, on my phone, I've got a little thing that says, uh, positive words or positive daily words or something. It's just on my notes and it's a bunch of scriptures and some quotes that I found that were super cool to me. Uh, and then I've got like prayer lists and stuff on there too that I'll, pray through you know for each day of the week and so uh, this is one of the verses that i read every day actually all these verses i think that we're going to read are are part of that group that i read every day Mm. um or or maybe five days a week there's some days i just don't don't look at it but um so first thessalonians 2 11 through 12 says for you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children encouraging comforting and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. And so one thing, uh, several things, we're going to kind of pick apart this verse and then some others. Um, It was, you know, Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica (laughs) and him saying like, this is how dads should be. Okay. And because dads should be, are, are like this, or this is the ideal of a father, you know, he was certainly saying, hey, this is how me and my pastor buddies, right, dealt with you as a church, as a young church. And um, I'm, I'm going to kind of go from the start to the finish here. So he said, we should be encouraging. Um, what what does that mean to you? Well, mm-hmm. you got a little girl, Bonnie. Mm-hmm. She's, what, almost three? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah now, so how, how, do you, how do you find yourself being an encouraging, you know, presence in her life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think you could probably speak to this from a slightly different perspective because your daughter is, is a lot older and you know, all your kids are, are older than Bonnie. But um, for me, I guess it just it looks like 
I guess not being critical. Um, you know, I come home mm-hmm. from work and I'm tired and, you know, I want to play with Bonnie, uh, want to go have fun, you know, let her climb around and, you know, play rough with her, or let her dress as a princess or whatever. She's in the stage of like, she's got these play dresses. So like every day mm-hmm. she's either Ariel or Cinderella or yep. Elsa or whatever, one of these princesses and she's got little slippers and she wears them all the time. She's, she's silly. But, uh, you know, encouraging her, I think, looks like when I don't feel like getting down on the floor and playing with her and letting her put on a dress when it's like, it's time to eat. She's going to, whatever, we're giving her a pizza or something that's got pizza sauce on it. And she's going to drop some of it on that dress. And it's real, I don't even know if you can wash those things, but we're going to ruin them and... I'm like, all right, Bonnie, you got to take that dress off. Like, I think encouraging looks more like, okay, so how do I figure out a way, you know, we, whatever, put a bib on her. We, we had these little things we used to use, like a, like a backward shirt, almost like an art, uh, smock protecting smock. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. That's what I'm looking for. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think not just to be too specific, but in general, I think to me, encouraging her looks like, you know, knowing she's three years old and she wants to explore she wants to paint she wants to build blocks and knock them over she wants to you know be in different dresses or you know she wants to walk around that day we watch a movie with a dinosaur and she wants to be a dinosaur you know and she's mm-hmm. growling walking through the house Rawr! and uh i think letting her do the things that a three-year-old does and when she you know gets frustrated or mad and she throws one of her wooden blocks across the room you know grabbing her and saying you know hey bond this is not what we need to be doing. You know, you need to be respectful to mom and to dad. And and this is not okay. You know, I'm going to take that block or whatever. But it's not just like, you better stop. You know, you need to straighten up. You need to quit playing with blocks. You know, I'm tired. I don't have time for you. This is ridiculous. Just sit down. You know, yeah. I think it it is, you know, telling her whether she understands it at three or not. You know, I think you're you're smart. You know, you're, you're doing a good job learning how to play with these things, you know, giving her grace to go and, and play and have fun and be three, you know, telling her she's beautiful, telling her, you know, she's loved and, and all of that stuff. I think, uh, to me, just being encouraging to a three-year-old looks like giving her space to be three and not expecting her to be 15 and able to, you know, you're being too loud. I need to study this thing. So please yeah. be quiet because daddy has to do this right now. Like I, I sometimes I expect that she understands logic and then I'm like, oh yeah, she's three. She doesn't understand logic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's but, good, man. I mean, I guess what do you think about that with, with older kids? Yeah. Who maybe yeah, do understand my, some logic. Yeah. Well, I don't know. That's yet to be determined. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they're great. They're super smart. But yeah. So yeah, ours are 17, uh, 12 and seven now. Mm. And so I think with, with me encouraging is the opposite of discouraging, mm-hmm. you know? So it's kind of like you're saying, like, let's, let's say that one of them makes a mistake, right? And one of them doesn't do what we ask them to do. You know, I, I'll give you a perfect fail example of two nights ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was two nights ago. Uh, my middle son, he, uh, I told him specifically, he wanted to watch some basketball. So, you know, mm-hmm. this time of year that we're recording this, Basketball season's just getting going. Some college basketball games on. He's like, it was after dinner. He's like, can I? Can we watch basketball? I was like, yes, absolutely. I was like, 
let's do that. I was like, you go upstairs, get ready for bed, brush your teeth, get, you got braces, get your rubber bands in. When all that's done, you come back down, we'll watch basketball. So then we, he goes, goes, takes a shower, PJ's on, comes back down, watch basketball for a while. Now it's time for him to go to bed. We go upstairs. Um, I'm like, what are you doing? I got to brush my teeth. And I'm like, bro, we an hour and a half ago, <laughs> like we we laid out, like this is what is expected of you. Mm. And I did not, I was not encouraging. You know, mm. I was discouraging to him because mm. I was just like, well, you know, I hate to say this, but I was like, why can't you remember what mm. you're supposed to do, mm. right? You're 12 years old. I shouldn't have to be giving you step-by-step instructions like you're a three-year-old mm-hmm. of what you're to do. You know what is expected of you. And I also told you that, mm-hmm. right, before you go to bed. So I was not encouraging to him. I was discouraging to him because mm-hmm. I was questioning his mental capacity, right? Mm-hmm. And I and kind of in those terms, like, why can't you remember this? Like, that's a very discouraging thing to mm-hmm. say because what that puts in his mind is maybe something is wrong with me that I can't remember, right? Mm-hmm. So the encouraging way to would have been, you know, to A, not say anything discouraging, number one, but then to be like, reminding him even if it has to be you know like firmly Mm -hmm. but of like you have the capacity to remember the instructions that i Mm -hmm. give you and i need you to tap into that capacity Mm -hmm. right to be to be positive in and even in my discipline or even in my firmness instead of negative Mm -hmm. in that um and so i'm like you said we're not perfect fathers and man i got a long way to go uh, because unfortunately, I think I go back to my, um, you know, uh, to, to to my old, you know, lessons I learned from coaches that would just ride your, you know, ride you to death, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, instead of biblical truth, which says no, don't be discouraging and try to don't try to make a change in a in a child or a behavior or something by being discouraging or. Uh, we need to be encouraging, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I want to be more encouraging as a father. Um, mm-hmm. Second point there says comforting. So it says, as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting. So how do we how do we comfort our kids? Mm-hmm. How do you comfort a three year old? Mm-hmm. How do I comfort you know the kids that are that are mm-hmm. my age? Yeah, and I think it's funny because she's in the stage of most of the time, like daddy can't do anything for her, so it's like she needs to put on her shirt she needs to you know go to the bathroom whatever it is it's like oh well mommy help me mommy do this mommy do that and so uh, when I'm able to I guess uh, I think comforting her just looks like you know she falls and bangs her knee or something you know just picking her up telling her I love her and you know it'll be okay holding her you know daddy's got you you know, it's all right. This, we watch some Disney shows, and I guess some of them have, like, whatever, you know. Like, I don't, I'm trying to think, like, Cinderella or something. Or what was that one? Sleeping Beauty, where the evil bad guy lady. turns into, what's yeah. her name? Maleficent turns into yeah. a dragon and mm-hmm. blows all this fire at the the prince. And she's, like, turns her, at, her head around, you know. And she's like, ooh, it's scary, you know, it's scary. And... Uh, like just telling her like it's okay like daddy's here like I can take care of you and mm-hmm. you, know, you don't have to be scared and so I think just for her young age just like literally being there literally holding her or yeah. you know telling her like it's okay mom and dad are big enough you know we can protect you from this and somebody in my family joked about 
a snake or something like that. There was, she was coming, we were walking out of my grandparents' house, I mean, my parents' house, and I said something about, like, watch out for that hose over there, you don't trip, and, and like, oh, it's a snake, the snake's gonna get you. And um, she doesn't even really know what a snake is. Like, she's maybe, yeah. she might have seen one in a zoo, but she'll just randomly be like, Daddy, I'm scared. And like, why are you scared? And she said, snakes are in my room. Like, oh, Bond, there's no snakes in your room. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, the snakes are going to get me? And like, no, the snakes are not going to get you. So, like, right. messing with her, and I guess that's, like, learning not to pick at a, little, <laughs> a three-year-old or a two-year-old yeah, and, and tell her, like, right. hey, there's a snake there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just the, I guess it's relatively easy at this age to just pick her up, hold her, tell her, you know, I love you, I'll take care of you, and... Yeah, I think that's similar to what the Lord does with us, you know, that when we're suffering, we're going through something, you know, we might run to the corner, run to our closet, you know, run back home, however you want to say that, and just be completely distraught and we're crying or we're just, you know, we're just sitting on the couch and we don't know what to do. And whether that's a work situation or a marriage situation or some tragedy you deal with, you know, if you're suffering the Lord obviously doesn't literally pick you up, but he will come to you, be near to you, you know, send a friend, a song on Pandora, you know, something to you. And it's, I'm not saying, you know, like the Lord's up there like picking the playlist of what's going on on Pandora, but I think there's intentionality and uh, grace provision there, you know, however you want to say that, that the Lord is near to you and comforts you when you need it and to be good fathers i think we need to model that as well and not just say oh you know there's no snake in your room get over it yeah so yeah that's good man i think it's i mean really in my stage of life too it's very similar in Mm -hmm. that you said something a minute ago about i forget that my three-year-old doesn't understand you know reason or logic Mm -hmm. and i think that as parents we can often assume that our our children understand um, how some things should be a big deal and some things shouldn't be a big deal because we've already been there, done mm-hmm. that, and got through it, mm-hmm. right? And that, But yeah. they don't because when you're in the middle of it, it's a big deal to you. So that could be, you know, if my um, older daughter has had an issue with a, a friend, you know, at school or something, and then my wife and I, you know, internally we could be like, oh, come on, man, like this is not that big a deal. Like this is not, this is, you know, like, you know, and because we've been there, done that, and got through it, you know. But when we were 16, 17 years old, the same situation would have been a big deal to us, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of yeah. instead of being like, suck it up, get over it, you're going to be fine in a situation like that with a friend at school mm-hmm. or with a, you know, 12-year-old still having, you know, nightmares almost every night and, mm-hmm. you know, and having to go and, you know... Uh, or or a, or a little one, you know, that's scared of, uh, mm. you know, like snakes in the snakes room. room, right? Or um, like uh, my family went down to uh, uh, they were they were like at this beach resort a little a few months back, and um, I was not with them, but my wife was recounting the story of our mm. six now seven year old um, out on this like float thing kind of away from the shore and it was like this little float it was kind of tethered to the bottom of the um, ocean floor there and and uh, 
they, he and his brother and his cousin were all, all on this thing. And I guess one of them looked down and they saw the tether lines and they were like, it's an octopus. <laughs> and, um, and my little man apparently like froze. Like mm. they jumped off the float and like beat, you know, took a beeline for the shore. And he was so scared, mm. like he wouldn't move. Stuck he was stuck, man. He was mm. stuck out there, he, like mm. you know, twenty feet, thirty feet from the shore, whatever it was. And he was like panicking, crying, mm. you know, whatever. So, you know, comforting there is mm-hmm. is going to him and be like, hey, it's okay. Like, let me help you get mm. to shore. You know, mm. jump on my back, whatever. Or, right, the non-comforting thing would be like, you big sissy, it's yeah. not a daggum octopus. <laughs> like, get like your brother and your girl cousin made it. You can make mm-hmm. it too, you know. <laughs> I hate to say it. There's times in my life I would have I would have said something mm-hmm. to that effect, right, mm-hmm. and, and probably still do. But that's not a comforting way mm-hmm. to be, right? It's meet them where they are mm-hmm. and then help them get through mm-hmm. that. And so as dads, we want to be, be encouraging, not discouraging. We want to be comforting, right, to our children, meet them where they are, Mm -hmm. and then help them to get through that, right, with our wisdom, our experience, um, our love, right, what we know from Scripture, what Mm -hmm. we know from our life experience, but we don't. We don't patronize them. We don't make fun of them. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't. um, We don't shame them, right, in any way. We we comfort Mm -hmm. them, and then Mm -hmm. we help them to move past it Mm because we don't. We don't want to. You know, we don't want them to make a mountain out of a molehill every time we don't want to feed that either like we want to teach them like you just said earlier about how to grow mm. like how do you how do you grow through these circumstances and how do you understand reality that there are no snakes in your room mm-hmm. right or that there's not an octopus underneath mm-hmm. you you know out there mm-hmm. or that everybody at your lunch table doesn't hate you because mm-hmm. they made one funny comment uh, you know about about you or whatever mm-hmm. so yeah um, and I think too like looking at this this verse you know as a whole, and for you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. I think like taking that, you made the encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, you made that bold. Uh, I think looking at that, like all together as fathers, we should encourage our kids to live lives worthy of God, comfort them when they fail in that, and then I think urging them, I mean, I, th- I think that's like a, I think it's it's biblical to discipline children. You know, God disciplines yeah. us. Mm-hmm. So I think like urging them to live lives worthy of God starts with, you know, like where, where I am, you know, or even before now when Bonnie's mm-hmm. one or two, you know, praying in front of her, you know, talking about the Bible talking about, you know, what she's learning at Sunday school, you know, it seems like she's, it's funny, you know, you think Sunday school sometimes, you know, they're just in there playing games and, you know, eating glue and all that fun stuff, you know, like we did when we were in kid when we were in uh, preschool and all that years you, ago. But you, you were going to uh, say, like we did the, yesterday at work. Yeah, what we That's did, what you know, saying. last week, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, how, like you could take Emmer's glue and like pour it on your hands and it would dry and it always felt weird and you could pick it off. I don't know. Maybe I was one of those weird yes. kids. I think I, I didn't know, at least it. a couple other people, I didn't, I don't think I ate it either. But I do remember one kid like taking a bite out of that little purple stick that you <laughs> run up. I'm like, well, that's, that's going to be good for you. Oh, man. But uh, you're going to have some weird bowel movements later. Yeah, that's right. But uh, no, so like encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, I think that's a biblical role of a father is to put some pressure on your kids in a loving way in yeah. an encouraging sure. way to put some pressure on your kids to measure up to the standard of the Lord mm-hmm. and 
not measure up to our standard as men that, oh, to be a good kid, you know, you have to get a straight A's. Right. Or to be a good kid, you know, you have to win the starting spot on the football team or the basketball team or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. you got to get this award. you got to get in beta club or you're a failure. Like, I think yeah. that's that's urging them to meet your goals and your standards in an unbiblical way and then being discouraging instead of encouraging and, you know, putting this standard on your kids that is either not achievable or when it's achievable, you know, that's the only thing they get their worth from. I think that is wrong, but I think it is right to say, you know, like there's a standard here that the Bible gives me as a parent. And part of that standard is calling you to live a life worthy of God. And that comes with these you know, requirements or these things, you know, exhibiting the fruit of the spirit, you know, you exhibit that you should. And I say you as in me too, I should exhibit the fruit of the spirit to my daughter. And in that way, teach her what it means to live a life worthy of God. And even when I fail, you know, come to her and apologize and say, you know, Hey, I yelled at you the other day, or I wasn't patient with you and whatever, you know, I wasn't comforting to you. I expect you to do this thing and you didn't do it. And I was mad about it. And so I I think there's, you know, living a life worthy of God is a duty for dads to do and for us to teach our kids in a, you know, it's a serious thing. You know, it's Mm -hmm. not just, it doesn't say like, and asking your kids to live lives worthy of God. It's like urging them. Yeah. Like this is important. As a man, as a father, I'm called to lead my family well, and that part of that is to hold them up to the standard of the Lord. So I, I think there's, you know, mm. be encouraging, be comforting, but in your encouragement and your comfort, help them see what the standard of the Lord is, and you know, don't expect them to get to be 12 years old or 15 years old, and then they start hearing, you know, or maybe even these days, you know, eight years old, nine year old, ten year old. You start getting some influences of the world, you know, for school that are telling you, you know, this is what a man and a woman are, you know, you don't have to be married to to live together, you know, you whatever, you know, you can define your own identity, you can, you know, your truth and all this stuff. And then you're like, Oh, you know, God has something to say about that and I'm gonna teach you about it now. It's like, no, you're mm. you're urging them to live lives worthy of God from the beginning. And I think that's a an important part of being a father is you're not sitting down you know holding your kid when they're when they're sad and telling them they're the best and not holding them to a standard it's it's not about a uh, everyone gets a trophy sort of mentality or you know everyone is the best everyone you know every child can be an astronaut every child can be the president <laughs> of the united states like yeah in one sense mm-hmm. and it's true and it's good to encourage your kids but also push them to be people who live lives worthy of the Lord. So, I love it, yeah. man. I'm going to I'm gonna throw in a few things on that, too. First of all, a silly thing. You said not every kid can be an astronaut. So I don't think I've ever told this story on here, and I hope not. But, you you know, probably you don't remember it anyway. So we were at – me and my buddies went to Clemson uh, together, some guys from high school, and we roomed together. Um, yeah, it was probably like three. And yeah. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Uh, maybe so older. This was 97, okay. 98. Yeah, I was, I was uh, 6, 7. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So 97, 98. We're staying at CC2. Big ups to CC2. Fancy place now. It was not so fancy when we were staying there. They've redone it. Um, so my one of my buddies, Jason Jones, shout out to JJ. 
um, he had he was dating this girl, and um, she he was talking to her on the phone one day, and I'm sitting I'm sitting on the um, couch working on a laptop. We actually did have computers back then, Will. We had laptop computers laptop back then. Size of this desk. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was yeah. Probably obviously not as powerful as the ones are now. I had but, to pull the vacuum tube so, out of the back of it to make it work. Yeah. That's, that's that's hurtful, man. Sorry, I'm dating but, you a little, yeah, a little bit. Your date. So yeah, so I'm sitting on the ca- on the couch doing some writing a paper or whatever, and um, so Jason's talking on the phone to this girl. We had we actually had a phone, like mm-hmm. not a cell phone. We had a phone, but this was it was a cordless phone. I remember okay, yes, yeah. yeah, cordless phone. So he's walking around the, the apartment there talking to this girl, and then so I just heard him say, "So what do you, so what do you want to do? We you know when you get out of school or whatever?" Because she was going to a, a mm-hmm. local school, not she wasn't at, enrolled at Clemson, she just look, enrolled at like Tri County Tech or whatever, like right near mm-hmm. Clemson to kind of bridge into Clemson. Mm-hmm. And so he asked her, and then he busts out laughing, and mm-hmm. um, and then he and then he goes, "Oh, I mean, <laughs> no, that's." I think an astronaut's a great career field <laughs> that you should. Uh, yeah, you really need to, you know, explore uh, that. Like, I'm sure that'll that'll happen for you. But that relationship so, went well. That did not go very well for. So he's backing up business, man. You know, like trying to cover his base as well. They act, she actually ends up does not completely just you know dump him right mm. then, and they continue talking. Maybe a week later, she comes over for dinner. So we mm. we cooked a lot together, man. We were I'll say we were like a firehouse, man. We're always cooking mm. together as a group, and you know, like like they did the firehouses or whatever. So we cook a big dinner, and um, my other buddy David Butler, shout out to, to ODB, um, he's sitting at one end of the table. I'm sitting at the other end of the table. Jason and this girl are sitting beside each other. Our other buddy Matt, who was rooming with us, was sitting there too. And I looked over at David, and I just kind of gave him a little, a little eyebrow. And I was like, David, these mashed potatoes are out of this world. <laughs> and Jason immediately, like, called on, looked up, and looked at both of us, and was like, like I'm going to murder I'm gonna murder you guys. And um, <laughs> and then David was like, he just kept, smiled and was like, dude, I would go to the moon and back to eat this chicken again. Like, and so we like about three or four things. And Jason, you just uh, see Jason's like, you know, like temperature boiling or whatever. And, uh, and uh, yeah, after that, after she left, like, man, that dude lit into us, mm, man. He was like, yeah, you guys are the worst. I hate you guys. So anyway, man, that was a long story to, uh, to say, uh, not all, not all your kids are going to be astronauts. But that woman's like the director of the NASA right now. She probably is, man. She's going to yeah. listen to this and send you a strongly worded email. That is so true. You're, you're probably exactly. <laughs> she right might be there. leader of Space Force. Who knows? Dude, she she very well could be, man. And we and we're sitting here clowning on her. And she's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, look what you. And Jokes then, on you. Yeah. Right. She's sending a drone to our house mm-hmm. today to like yeah, destroy probably. it or something yeah. like that. So. Um, so a couple things just in regard to getting back to seriousness of what you said, you know, something that I've been, um, th- you know, really, really, really Lord just been laying on my heart is, you know, not only to hold my kids up to that, like you said, to that standard of the Lord, which is so good, but to let them understand kind of why they're doing that, right? Mm-hmm. That it's not that we're, that we're trying to live a certain way, like for self-righteousness or like to prove our worthiness you know to mm-hmm. God to earn his love or to earn his salvation but that that our lives should just reflect our relationship with the Lord right that out of our 
our relationship with him and out of our uh, understanding of who he is and who we are in regard to him and mm. what his scripture says that out of that relationship comes the way that we live right our behavior isn't just it should not just be to um you know n- not get into trouble or to just put up some kind of front of like we're this holier than thou person but then our heart's not matching that you know mm. kind of like you don't I've been talking with some of my kids recently, like you don't just try to get good grades on a test to get good grades on a test. Like hopefully you've actually been learning the material. Mm-hmm. The school was not just about getting good grades. Like school is about actually learning how to learn. And it's about learning how to learn what you're, you know, learning, learn actually what the teacher's teaching. Mm-hmm. So that way you've just got some knowledge to then allow that to help you later in life and then out of that learning should come a good grade on a test because mm-hmm. you just know the stuff now man did i think that way when mm-hmm. i was eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen mm-hmm. forty fifty six seventy eight? no i did not man mm-hmm. it was just but I'm, I'm hoping that again now as a father like going through life like that we can pass that on and and same thing with urging to live a life worthy of god like it is our responsibility, is our is our um, call as men of the household to disciple our children. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think about like this situation. Like you and I, we meet once a month. We record these shows. I meet with another dude that I'm that we're going through discipleship thing on Mondays for mm-hmm. thirty minutes. I meet with another dude that I'm working with on on Wednesdays um, that we're working through a discipleship thing together. And I am not that consistent with my children. Mm. I'm like, okay, hey, nope, you know, you're not at basketball, you're not at basketball, you're not at football, you're, you know, we're, I'm done with my work for the, the evening. Mm. We're, we're actually sitting here around the dinner table one out of seven nights, you know, mm. that we're not all in a bazillion different directions. Okay, let's do a, let's do a five minute devotion right here, you know, together and pray that my two boys don't turn into like, some type of, you know, maniac children, you know, right, and start freaking out and, and throw the whole thing mm-hmm. off the rails, you know, during the time period. And so, but we're called to, to, to disciple our kids. And, and that's where we're, we're, again, urging them to live lives worthy of God through that discipleship. That is the main way that we let them know, hey, this is how we know who God is, right, through reading his word and through prayer. This is how we know what he wants, what he wants of us, what he expects of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then how do we live our lives out of the outflow of that relationship with him? Like, it's our job as men of the household to do that, mm-hmm. right? And we've got to be intentional about it, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my calendar. I'm like, okay, what, when can we do that? Like, what night can we do that? You mm-hmm. know, my, I'll tell you, my dad was really good about it. 720 every morning when when we were in in school and stuff we were supposed to be downstairs at the kitchen table and it was a five minute thing where he would pray read a short devotion with us and then we'd be off to school and he'd be off to work kind of thing but like i I give him props for that because he was real real consistent in that and there was no questions it was like (coughs) you don't sleep in like you have your butt downstairs because that was his intentional time, you know, mm-hmm. that we had every weekday, every school day. Now, we weren't as consistent in the summer and that kind of thing. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I've got that model from my past that I mm-hmm. need to figure mm-hmm. out how to implement in my life because I, I want my kids to know the Lord. And mm-hmm. I, want, I want them to, to have a deep relationship with him. 
where they love him and they honor him, you know, with their lives. And out of the outflow of that, you know, should come a life that that mm-hmm. is uh, is worthy of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's some good stuff. Um, so I think I appreciate you guys listening to this today. We're going to have some more episodes coming out about uh, the rest of these verses and just some encouragement from the Lord. Uh, we appreciate you listening to Lost Boys to Found Fathers. You know, look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, check out Gabe's books. We got That Will Be Done is on Amazon still. Mm-hmm. Um, just check it out. It's a great book. We've used some of it for content. And uh, check out the latest book is Every Little Thing, Six Small Steps to Perfect Peace. And uh, you can find that on Amazon and mm-hmm. BarnesandNoble.com, Barnes Apple right. Books, and uh, yeah. I saw it on ChristianBook.com. Cool. Yeah. Don't know how that so, happened, but yeah. go get it. Yeah. Getting big, man. Getting big. There you go. Thank you, guys. Talk to you next time.